Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. Some of you here today are in um, a good spot. And some of you here today are in not great spots. But I think it's fair to say that especially over the past few years, we have all had our own struggles and we all have had those moments that are a little rough. Would that be fair to say? And um, for some of us, for some of us, there have been moments, and you may be in those moments even right now, where you have felt very alone. You felt like there's no support, no one understands you, maybe you have felt unwanted. And that may have been something that you've dealt with over the past while, maybe that's something that you're dealing with now, but you have overwhelmingly felt alone. Others of you have felt like whatever it is that you're trying to do, you're trying to do it on your effort, and your effort is running out, and your resources are running out. And you're running on empty. You're running out of money, you're running out of time, you're running out of options, and it feels like you're trying to accomplish something, and you just don't know how it will ever get done, because you simply do not have what you need to accomplish it. And then there are others of us who have simply felt, and maybe again, you may be feeling this right now, simply felt lost. You don't know where you're going. You don't know where you're supposed to be going. You don't know what is happening. And you don't know what decision to make. You're not sure what options are available to you. You're just, it's, it's one of these situations where you, you know there's got to be something that can be done, but you have no idea what the possibilities even are. And you simply don't know where to go next. Would it be fair to say that probably all of us in this room can relate to one of those scenarios? Yeah, okay. Well, this month, actually for the next two months, we are going to be going through a series called Finding Jesus in the Jewish Feasts. And so, when you look at the Old Testament and you look at Jewish heritage, you find that there are a number of annual celebrations that they held. Some of them are, are explicit in the Old Testament, some of them aren't. And uh, they, as Jews, they would, they would hold these feasts every year, or they were supposed to hold these feasts every year. And when we look at these feasts and these celebrations, these traditions, what happens is when we go digging in them and then we compare them to the life of Christ, we actually see a lot of connections between these traditions, these feasts, these festivals, and Jesus. And today we are looking at the Feast of Booths or the, the, the Feast of Tabernacles. There's another, another name for it. And what this feast was, was it was based on the Jews wandering in the desert for 40 years. 
So after the Jews had been released from their slavery in Egypt, they went and they were headed to the promised land. They got to the promised land. And when God said, go take it, they got scared and they said, no, we don't want, we can't do that. And God got angry and frustrated with them because they weren't willing to take the step to move on and take the promised land. And so they ended up in the desert for 40 years trying to learn how to trust God. And while they were journeying to the promised land, and as they were wandering in the desert, they didn't have permanent homes. They weren't building cities. They weren't building towns. They were living in their tents, and they were traveling from place to place to place. They were in booths, tents, maybe even a word would be tabernacles. And so they were supposed to have this festival every year where they were going to remember their time living in tents. And so it was the Feast of Tabernacles. And what ended up happening is they ended up turning this into uh, a number of different they ended up developing their own traditions around it and, and their own celebration pieces. But basically, it became a week-long celebration. And the Jews would build, and they still to this day, build temporary structure covered with willow, palm, myrtle, and citron in the four, and they would, they would cross the branches in all four directions. Okay? And so they would build this temporary structure, they would cover it with these branches, and they would cover it in such a way that it would it would basically create shade, but they would still be able to see through it and see the stars at night. They were to eat and are supposed to eat at least one meal in it a day. And the last day, they had special ceremonies and special things that happened on that last day of the week. Also, there were lamps that were lit in the temple courtyard, and people with torches would march around the temple. The priest would carry water from a specific pool into the temple. And so they would, they would live, or at least partially live, in these temporary structures. And some people, some Jews still do this every year as a way of remembering that way back in their history, they were living in these tents, in these structures, and they were living in the wilderness. And so they would have the tents, they would have the lights around the temple, and they would have this water brought into the temple. When we look in the book of John, we actually find that Jesus celebrated this festival back in his time. And in verse, in chapter 7, John chapter 7, we see a number of things take place as he goes to the temple and he goes to celebrate this festival we see him have a number of interactions with people at one point the people around him are saying this isn't this the man they are trying to kill here he is speaking publicly and they are not saying a word to him have the authorities really concluded that he is the messiah but we know where this man is from. When the Messiah comes, no one will know where he is from. Then Jesus, still teaching in the temple courts, cried out, Yes, you know me. You know where I'm from. 
I am not here on my own authority, but he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him because I am from him, and he sent me. Later on in the chapter, verse 20, in verse 37 and 38, says, On the last day, the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, a scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And again later on in chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. See, there, these elements all mattered to the Jews in this festival of tabernacles because when they were in the wilderness, they were living in these temporary structures, not great homes, they were living in temporary structures. God was leading them through the desert by a pillar of fire at night. And when they were there in the desert and they were hungry and they were thirsty, God provided for them. A couple times He provided for them by giving them water from a rock. And so when they were there in the desert in these temporary structures looking to the light of God to give them guidance through the wilderness and they were waiting for God to provide the water they needed to survive. And so these elements carried on into the festival and they were to celebrate this festival every year. And we see Jesus celebrating this festival in John chapter 7 and 8. And then we have Jesus stepping into this situation, stepping in talking to the people, and they're all like, we, don't, we know where you're from. You can't be the Messiah. And he says, yes, you do know where I'm from. Which I think is Jesus saying to them, you know that I am from, I'm living in Galilee, but you know that I'm actually from Bethlehem, where I was born in a stable. Which is a little bit like a tent is a little bit like a booth. I believe the, the word is actually the same or very similar. And I think he's, he's insinuating, yes, I understand. I understand living in a tent. I came and I was born in a tent. And then he goes on and says, you know what? If you're thirsty, you don't need the water from the rock. You don't need this water that's brought into the temple. What you need is you need me. And then he goes on and says, you know what? You've got all these lights around, around the temple and you're, that are supposed to direct you to the pillar of fire. God himself being there and directing you. You don't need the pillar of fire. You need me. I am the light of the world. Now, that, Jesus is saying through all that, He's saying, you don't need all that old stuff. That old stuff was pointing to me. What you need is me. I am the Messiah. And what He's, he's saying is, basically, He's saying He's Santa Claus. Okay, maybe not, maybe not quite. but um, Okay, let, how many of us here are Jewish? 
Okay, so most of us don't understand some of the nuance and, and some of the stuff that's going on here, but basically we all understand Christmas, right? North American Christmas, right? And so if I were to stand here and say, I live in the North Pole, I wear a red suit, and on December 25th, I deliver presents to all the children of the world, you would think I'm saying that I am Santa Claus, right? Who else would I be? Right? If I give you those three key elements, you're going to go, oh, this guy is claiming to be Santa Claus. Well, Jesus isn't claiming to be Santa Claus. But in him saying, I understand living in a tent, I am the water that you need, and I am the light of the world. He is making a very, very clear statement to the Jewish people that I am the one that you need. I am the Messiah. I am the one that you've been waiting for. And I am what your festival and your tradition has been looking forward to. I am the light. I am your pillar of fire in the wilderness that protects and guides you. I am the water, your water from the rock in the wilderness that keeps you alive. And I am in a booth in the tabernacle with you in the wilderness. And I think what we need to take from this is the fact that the wilderness and why they needed to, the Jews had to have this tradition, this festival every year, is that they needed the reminder, and we need the reminder, and we need to understand that the wilderness reminds us that Jesus is the only way to survive. Being in the wilderness reminds us that Jesus is the only way to survive. He is the guiding light, He is the filling water, and He is the one that is with us. And I believe Jesus is saying to us today that when you are feeling alone, you need to understand that I'm with you. I came in that stable. I left heaven to become a man, to become a baby, to be with you, God with us, Emmanuel to back you up, to understand you, to let you know that you are wanted. You are wanted. I came for you. I believe Jesus wants you to know that He is the water that you need. When you're at the end of yourselves and you are empty and you are running out of resources, you need to understand that He is the one that provides. He is the one that is able to fill you, to give you the food and the water that you need. He is the one that is able to provide the finances, the opportunities, the open doors, the freedom, the courage, the change, the victory that you need in the situations that you are facing where you feel like and you know that you do not have the ability to do it on your own.
He is the water that you need. And he wants you to know that he has come to be your guide, the pillar of fire, the light, your direction, to give you answers, to help you make decisions, to lead you into the future that he has for you. And so when we look at this, this Jewish feast, we see the reminder of being in the wilderness and having to remember that we are looking to God. And when we see Jesus in that, we see that Jesus is the only way to survive in the wilderness. And in these verses, I think Christ actually gives us three directions He says, whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within him. He says, let anyone who is thirsty come and drink. And he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. To one, I think we need to believe. In our head, and in our hearts, and in our souls, we need to believe that He is the Messiah. We need to believe that He gets it. He gets you. He understands the pain, the fear, the struggle that you're facing. He is with you. He came to earth as a child that was not born in a hospital, was not born in a home, but was born in a barn. And lived the majority of his life in poverty. He gets it. He gets you. And he wants you. He wants you. Believe it. Drink. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't force a horse to drink. He's here. He's the living water. It's available to you, but you've got to take it and you've got to drink it. You've got to trust Jesus to provide. You've got to let Him give you life. You've got to embrace His forgiveness. You've got to embrace His love. You've got to take it. You've got to drink it in. It can't just be that thing that's over there, that's set over there, and you're like, oh, that's a good idea. That's a good thing. No, if you want to be filled, if you want to stop being thirsty, you've got to drink the water. So you've got to take that step and you've got to trust Him. You've got to draw close to Him. You've got to drink Him in. And you've got to follow. That means not just saying Jesus knows the way, not just saying, Jesus, I'll let you walk the path and I'm just going to sit here where I'm comfortable. I'm going to sit here where I've got the things that I want or the things that I need or, or whatever. And I'm just going to let you do it. No, if you want to go, if you want what Jesus has, if you want to go and get the rewards of what Jesus is getting, then you've got to follow him there. I've used this before. If you want the Tim Hortons coffee, you've got to go to Tim Hortons. 
You can't just sit on your butt here while everybody else goes there. If you want the coffee, you've got to go there. You've got to follow. And if you want the answers, if you want the victory, if you want the freedom, if you want the power of the Holy Spirit in your life to free you from sin, to free you from fear, to free you from feeling overwhelmed, that freedom from being manipulated by your past and by others, then you've got to follow Him. And that means reading this, understanding it, and living your life the way that Christ lived His life. You've got to do things His way. And you've got to let Him decide what your future looks like. And if you believe Him, and you're taking it in, and you're trusting Him, and you're following Him, then what happens is He leads you to the promised land. I understand that being in the wilderness is not pleasant. For many of us, we don't want to go back to the wilderness. We would want to get out of this wilderness. Absolutely. But sometimes we need to take a moment to remember the wilderness because it reminds us that Jesus is the only way to survive. And if you have Jesus, and if you have Jesus, you can make it through the wilderness. And so whatever it is that you are going through or whatever it is that you go through <coughs> next, you remember that Jesus is the only way to survive in the wilderness. And if you have him, you can survive the wilderness. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways. Mm-hmm.